Infinite Discussion, the show where we cut through the small talk and discuss the things that are most important to us. I'm your host, Will. I'm a writer and content creator, and what's important to me is sharing ideas. Today, I want to share some ideas with you about how I think about big ideas, these kind of topics that we've discussed in the previous episodes. And in the first episode about the meaning of life, I talked about some kind of tools that I have to grapple with these big questions. And these aren't really things that I can give it as advice or tips that would honestly really work for anyone else. I just wanna kind of share what goes on in my head and how I deal with the things that I can't really explain. I like to think of them kind of as like modern myths because I think there was a time when people didn't know much about the world at all and every big thing outside of them that they couldn't explain, they told a story to explain it. And I think we do that today too, so I wanted to share some of my stories. Story number one begins about 20 years ago. I was a impressionable young teen, exposing my mind to all sorts of new things, mostly video games. So you can find things to mull over just about anywhere, and that's where these ideas started popping into my head. So I was playing a game called Final Fantasy VII, and in this fictional fantasy world, there is this material, and it is also called the life stream. And the life stream is essentially the life force of the planet, and it's tapped into by the bad guys as like resources to use for energy and power and making terrible weapons, and the villain wants to suck all of the life stream out of the planet to use for his own personal gain. And this idea of the life force really stuck in my head and made me think. And the idea of it is that every living thing on this fictional planet has a piece of life, the life stream in them. And when they die, that energy of the life stream goes back into the life stream, goes back into the planet very literally. And there's actually like a stream of this kind of magical energy flowing through the world. And the thing that really resonated with me about this is that this life stream is literally like the blood of the planet, which means the planet itself is literally a living thing. And that idea was really interesting to me. And I didn't really dwell on it at the time, but it kind of planted a seed in my head. So then let's jump ahead a bit. And a few years later, I saw um, this, I don't know what to call it, like a, it's like a image, but you can have a slider and you can zoom in and out. And I don't know if you've seen this, it's, it's an older kind of science graphic and it's all over the web and stuff, so you might have seen it, but you zoom in and out of this image and you can zoom in to the lowest molecular level that we could see at the time, and you can zoom all the way out. So it's at like the average level, I think it's in our level of our world. It's this couple sitting on a blanket on a park in Manhattan, I think. And you can zoom in on there in the hand of one of the people and into the skin, and then into the cells within the skin, and then inside that, and zoom, 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 zoom. And at the lowest level that you can get to, it just looks like a bunch of glowing dots. It looks like stars. And then you zoom out 
zoom, 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 back to the hand, then zoom out and you see like the city from a distance, then zoom out and you see the earth from a distance, zoom out the solar system, zoom out the galaxy, zoom out the universe, keep zoom, zoom, zoom. All you see are these bright dots of light that looks almost identical to the one when you were all the way zoomed in. And honestly, I don't know if this, if I saw this at that time or saw it later and it just clicked with this idea, but I had been thinking about this idea that there are these patterns throughout the universe. And if you look at like um, the structure of an atom with electrons orbiting a nucleus, it looks a lot like planets. And who knows what's happening at that level? You know, like if you, if you could live at that level, maybe you'd be on an electron and it would be a planet and maybe the nucleus would be a star and then zoom out and maybe we're just in a cell maybe our entire universe is just those little dots in a cell of some bigger life form of some kind and i imagine it would be different at that level because it's so much more complex just like the things inside us are different than us even though the electrons look like planets they're not planets in the same way that we know them but there's something to this pattern and this idea really stuck in my head and has been in my head ever since and I bring it up because it kind of helped me wrap my head around the idea of infinity because I thought well okay then if you can keep zooming in you know we get to this point where everything looks the same but that's just because that's as far as we can zoom with present technology if we could keep zooming in and out, it would probably keep going and we keep seeing new and different things and maybe we'd see these same patterns again. Maybe we'd see planets within the tiniest structures which had things on side, inside them. And maybe if we zoomed out, we would see we would see that we were our universe was just a tiny molecule inside something bigger and on and on and on. And maybe that never ends. Who knows? But I can't imagine it ending, honestly. Like, I can't imagine a smallest thing or a biggest thing. And somehow I take comfort in that, that that's what infinity is to me. It's these patterns replicating endlessly. And the endless part is still mind-boggling, of course. But somehow this took the abstraction and brought it to a level where I could process it and make peace with this big thing that I can't wrap my head around. Now, while this idea feels very personal to me, I'm not the first one to have thought it by any means, I know. I know it's a widely, um, not really understood, but an idea that occurred to a lot of people. Um, many philosophers have had similar ideas throughout history. I've seen these ideas in books and video games specifically. So I just wanted to go through a couple of those since this idea does resonate with me so much and just share other places I've seen it. If we go way back and look at what some philosophers thought, Anaxagoras from around 500 BC, way back then, believed that there was life on other planets and that the sun was a star. And beyond that, that all things are made of tiny particles, each containing a blueprint for the entire universe. And that idea is that the, the pattern of the universe is written on each little piece of us and of the universe itself, all living things and each piece of the universe, 
which connects everything, which I find really fascinating. Then fast forward years later, the Stoics thought that each person was like a world in miniature or a microcosmos, which was a reflection of the macrocosm. So again, we see this idea of the, the huge and the tiny and it replicating these patterns over and over. And I like to think of this idea as, as infinite scale. And then Spinoza again, kind of touched on these ideas and thought that nature is all one big whole that we are a part of. It's us and we're it. God is the whole universe. God is thought, God is physical reality, God is everything. And this to me clicks with this idea too, because if we are all pieces of larger organisms, then then that larger organism must be what we think of as God, and we are a piece of it. And so that idea kind of clicks with me as well. But where this starts to get really complicated and confusing is when you think about that infinite aspect of it. So if if this pattern is really infinite, then there's no point at which there's nothing bigger than you. You're always a part of something bigger. And there's no point at which there's nothing smaller than you because that's infinite as well. And that really boggles my mind, but I also kind of like it and find it kind of interesting. And another myth that I tell myself which gets really poetic and definitely I can't understand any way this could possibly be real is that the cycle loops back at some point and some point the tiniest thing is the largest thing and all of the most mind-blowing things in science are mind-blowing right like you can't quite fathom it doesn't quite make sense and I kind of suspend disbelief and tell myself that could be an answer. And I don't think it makes sense on a practical real world level, but in some mythological way, it's that snake eating its tail, right? Like it's, it's the pattern, the infinite pattern repeating infinitely because it's a circle that's infinite, but it, it also has a smallest and a biggest, but then size becomes a complete illusion at a certain point. And I really like that idea too, that maybe size isn't, size doesn't have meaning because big and small are completely relative if it's all a loop. And another really interesting way to look at that to me, like what this brings up is that if there is always a smaller and a bigger, and you're always part of something larger, the smaller things become more and more important because there are more things built out of them. There are more fundamental piece of everything bigger than them. So if you take away, in, in our reality example, if you take away a person, you're taking away all the little things that are inside of them. But you're also taking away a piece of something bigger and beyond us that's missing a piece. And it can still exist. But those small pieces then become all that more relevant and all that more more fundamental building block of the universe. And another place where I've encountered this idea is in the work of Madeline Lingle. In her book, A Wind in the Door, which 
I read or was read to me at a very young age, and I don't think I made any sense of these words at the time, but reading it again, I wonder if this is where the idea was first planted in my head before I even encountered it again years later. And I'm going to read a quick quote from that book that says, A human being is a whole world to a mitochondrion, just the way our planet is to us. But we are much more dependent on our mitochondria than the Earth is on us. The Earth could get along perfectly well without people, but if anything happened to our mitochondria, we'd die. And that, I think, gets at that idea of what I just said, that those small pieces become that much more vital, which I find super, super interesting. And of course, in that book, there are these beings, I guess, these life forms called Farandalae. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced, but that's how it looks to me in the book, uh, which are living organisms inside the mitochondria of a cell, inside its powerhouse. So life is what creates energy. And I found that super cool and super interesting in this more concrete way of looking at these ideas that I've been talking about. And of course, another way we see this kind of myth, as I'll call it, of infinite scale is in this old idea that comes from different cultures that the earth itself is a living being. In some instances, it is a turtle, for example, and the world is on the turtle's back. And I find that to be a really kind of visceral image or symbol of this idea that this big living thing is what we're all part of. The earth is a living thing as well, going back to that idea of the life stream from Final Fantasy. And that really shaped a lot of my views on this topic, encountering that early on and thinking about plants. In, in our world, maybe plants are that life force of our planet. They, they are vessels, like blood vessels, that carry energy all around our planet, all around its, its surface. And all living things, that, well, they channel energy directly from the sun. And all living things on the planet either are plants or get their energy from plants at some point in the food chain. And without them, our planet might not be alive. Maybe it would find a different way and evolve in a different way. But that is our world. That is how it works, which I find super interesting again. And one more place I wanted to note that I encountered this idea in another more turtle-on-the-back, concrete kind of way is in another video game to bring this all full circle, which is a game called Xenoblade Chronicles. And in this game, people live on creatures called titans. And titans exist in this vast, like, emptiness, which is basically space, but it has, like, a horizon, and it looks like something in the game. Um, but it's basically a void. And these are basically planets, these titans. And the titans are like living creatures. They look like giants or different animals. And and people live on them. And the whole game takes place on them. So it's super cool um, just visually to see, like, what you'll be walking along this giant creature's 
leg and you'll look up in the sky and see its arm way, way up in the sky in the distance, like as if it was a distant planet or something. And it's a really cool visual effect. But it also really makes me think of this idea again that we are living on this living thing, this living organism, very uh, concretely an organism in this case. And, you know, what is it part of and what's inside of us? And at one point in the game, you go inside one of the Titans and you see its cells and its organisms and that are living inside of it. So it, it really kind of brings that idea and really brings it to life in a way that I find really exciting to see that. Just like that uh, famous episode of the Magic School Bus where they go inside a person. Uh, and I think it is really that that same kind of idea. Uh, but the game takes it to another level by also having not just that internal world, but that external one where you see people living on this thing that you also went inside of. So it it brings back that kind of loop idea too, which I really love. And that's all I really have to say about that for now. It's, it's a topic that I find really exciting and, and really interesting too, because it's just this idea that's always lived in my head and grown over the years as I've read and played games and been exposed to different philosophies and ideas. And I still don't know how much I really believe that it is true in the sense of being a fact or an objective truth of our universe. But I still really like the idea and I like to think about it and I like to I like to just have it as my own kind of personal myth that explains infinity. And I think we can talk a lot about that in further episodes about these ideas, these myths that we tell ourselves. Because I think myths started because we couldn't explain things. And I don't know that there will ever be a point. Maybe this is another future topic too. I don't know if there will ever be a point at which we have explained everything. So I think there will always be myths, at least in the foreseeable future or the future that we can imagine. If there's a world where we've explained everything, I think that's so beyond at least my personal mental grasp. So I think we'll always need these myths. I think we'll always need to explain these big ideas. And this, I think, also is a central theme of this podcast. Like, how do we grapple with ideas that we can't answer? Well, sometimes we live in that discomfort often we do I think sometimes we create myths to explain them so we have an answer even if we know this myth is kind of a metaphor or a symbol or something more abstract and not a concrete answer we just need to hold on to something we need something to wrap our head around it and I find that to be a super interesting idea and I think that's why we gravitate to stories so much to bring it back to the last episode as well because stories are a way that we assign meaning to things to meaning to the chaos of our lives of organizing it into a pattern of its own so we can look at events in our lives or other lives or imagined lives and make some sense in them and find some meaning in them well I think that's gonna do it for today thank you so much for listening again if you have any thoughts on this topic or ideas for future discussion topics you can always send them to infinite discussion podcast at gmail.com 
And we would love to hear from you and hear your ideas and your side of the discussion. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Thank you.